This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. Good afternoon. This is Lock and Load, and as we do, we're fresh off of a fresh off of coming back from Cozumel. I can only imagine there was some diving going on. Is writer and podcaster Rob Morse? Did you go down there to dive? I did, sir. I spent a little over eighteen hours underwater. Right. Yep. Fortunately, all the parts that I took down came back up with me. I like that. (laughs) Well, that's. That's good to know. That's good. Yeah, I hate when I hate when you leave important things behind. It just no, it changes the whole complexion of the day. Indeed, it's not worth it. Indeed. Do you remember where we left off? And that was before we had more news than we could cover. I wrote mm. it down. We're going to talk about what you want to look for in a new gun. Exactly. Yeah. And you and I come at it from a very most of the people that I teach. Okay, I'm in Louisiana, and everybody. Yeah, my brother got a gun. My uncle let me shoot when I was a kid. But I I don't find a lot of people who are deep into the competition sports and go, yeah, you know, on that reset, I'm just looking for a different – that's not where they are. On the other hand, you've seen some really top-of-the-line firearms that are just incredible shooting machines. So we're really talking about a different perspective and a different gun and – a, a really a different discussion. Right. Well, I I saw something, I think it was on, oh, where was Keep and Bear Arms, where somebody said, when a, when a person reviews a firearm, they want to be very objective. How did it behave? Not about what they like. But when you grab a gun, what other people said about it doesn't matter at all. What you're trying to generate is you want to touch enough firearms that you go, oh, they do feel different, and this one feels better for what I intend to do. Right. Yeah. So for you and I, it's almost all about concealed carry. So on the other hand, there have been people – now, here was an interesting stat I looked up recently. I was rereading an old report. Most gun owners own five guns. Of course they do. Of course, I mean, just think about it. You want the kids' twenty-two rifle, typically often a Ruger ten twenty-two. That's probably the first gun they learn to shoot. Maybe a cricket. Okay, 
do you have a shotgun? Do you do any field work at all? Or do you just have that for home defense or defense of your neighborhood? Oh, you conceal carry. Oh, you, you, you want to introduce someone to shooting a pistol. Okay. Now we're talking probably about a 22, although lots of people do learn on a nine. Wait a minute. We're up there at four guns right now and we haven't gotten to a hunting rifle yet. <laughs> right? Yeah. So when someone says, I want to learn to shoot a gun, you have to go, or I want to go shopping for a gun. The, the answer isn't, oh, you re, you, I really like it's what you want to do with it. And I, I'm of the, the opinion that if I had to hand somebody a gun, it would be a Ruger 1022 with a laser on it. If, you, if you're not familiar with firearms, everything used to have iron sights. Right. Then we put red dots on them. Then we added lights and lasers. So, you know, it's a little bit like the cat and mouse game. You put the you put the red dot on something and it's going to have a hole in it. So that would be, is that the gun? I want to defend my family. If something bad happens and it might not just be me, it might be my uh, wife. It might be my teenage daughter. Well, are you going to practice very much? Do you want to conceal carry? Uh, I don't think I want to practice much. I'm saying, well, let's back up. And so this is part of the discussion you want to have at the gun store and maybe at more than one gun store, because sometimes that's hard to hear. If a guy's there just selling handguns and he may be really good at it. And you're thinking you want uh, a self-defense 20 gauge shotgun and he can't hear that. Okay. He'll give you his best call, but you might just like you want to, you want to visit more than one car dealership before you buy a car. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that's a good comparison, but at the same time, that's, you know, like you go to different gun stores, they may have the same guns. Now, there's some there's some gun stores that I go to because they specialize in a certain type of gun. That that I, right. that I completely get, but um, the rest of these things, um, you know, I, I, I just think about it, and I just wonder about it, and it, it just... Uh, You know, when I when I'm thinking about a gun that I want, and for me that's sort of that's almost nebulous for me, isn't it? Because all the I jump around a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, didn't didn't you have like a, a forty five seventy lever gun for a while? I did, and that was a great gun, except for one thing: uh, the forty fives. First of all, it held four rounds, so it doesn't yes. hold as much as my shotgun does. And the other thing is that it held four rounds, and the rounds it held, every time I fired the gun, it didn't go kapoom, it went ka-ching. I mean, 4570 ammo, when I had that gun, was really expensive. Yeah, what you're launching what? Better part? It's not $5 bills, but it, eh, it's, it's about several three. dollars. Yeah, it's about three. Yeah, I was going to say. So, oh, on the other hand, 4570 joke, a friend was shooting one. He had, and we're, we're saying, oh, that's that's really interesting. That was the first bullet I ever saw in flight. Slow we're shooting, well, well, we're shooting, the, the sun was di- literally, di- we're cast, oh. almost casting oh. our, 
our shadow on the target 100 yards away. Right. Right at sunset. And we were seeing the reflected light off the back of the copper jacketed bullet. That must have been sad. And I went, wait a minute. That's not a tracer. What the heck is that? There was this golden BB flying out, and you could see it drop on the target. And I went, yeah. oh, so that was a trace. That was a training. We called everybody to see. And you said, come quick, because the sun's going down. We won't be able to do this long. It was a night training class, and we were there just before getting everything sighted in. But it, if you want to defend your home, unless you want to sh- defend your neighbor's home by shooting through their walls and three other people, the 4570 might not be where you'd start. No. <laughs> no on, that, on the other hand, we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see what I was thinking about. I, um, I do this, I do this series with, uh, with Dean about yeah. where guys are out there elk hunting or something. And then the, uh, a grizzly bear or two or three, discover that they have taken an elk. Yes. And that, that now the grizzly bear is coming after them. And there's been instances where they, you know, they had weapons, but they were like in the backpack or something like that. And uh, right. bear spray didn't work. They would hose the, the bear down with all kinds of bear spray. And I was just trying to develop what I would consider the elk watch out, look out list or the lookout kit that you'd want to carry. So I made that forty five seventy gun to be my T Rex gun, and uh, right it was. And then I was going to mate it with either with a uh, ten millimeter by Roger Ward, or uh, yep, or a uh, big three fifty seven Magnum pistol. Right, and I figured I would have the Grizzly Bear stopping kit. With yes. <laughs> or what did you call it? The Grizzly Bear welcome wagon kit. Yeah, 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 yeah that one. And uh, all that, you know what? We're coming up on the first break. We'll continue this when we get around. Rob, Rob is a Rob is a world traveler. He goes everywhere where, wherever there's water. He's going to dive in it. But we're talking about what you're looking for when you're buying a gun. Some of you may be new. Some of you may be wishy-washy like me. Just some food for thought. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. <laughs> Is Lock and Low talking to Rob Morris? We we started out speaking about what you might want to look into when you're buying a gun, um, and you were talking about your average gun owner buys five. Let's talk about the gun owner or the, the the wannabe gun owner, the one that's seen everything, looked at all the statistics, seen the police pulling back, saying, "Oh my gosh, I got to have something to protect myself with." Let's talk about those guys. Right, and are you living alone? Well, yeah. Now, here's, yeah. again, again, here's another statistic. Most defenses occur on property and, uh, but outside the home. And what I'm thinking is, oh, that's probably when you're coming or going. Right. You drive up. You're, oh, someone was waiting for you. You're leaving. Somebody was waiting for you. That's the, the fantasy is 
I'll hear them outside. I'll go get my gun. That does work sometimes. We find a large number of defenses are like that. The large number of attacks, though, you don't hear them coming. You get to defend yourself with what you have right now. And if that's your wallet and a set of keys, that's what they're going to take the wallet. you got to use your keys in your hand because that's all you have. So you have to think very clearly and study the issues. If you knew you were going to be attacked on your front porch, but you didn't know when, you'd carry concealed because then it would be with you. And you'd say, wait a minute, but my wife comes and goes too. My, my teenagers come and go. Shouldn't they be protected too? Well, yeah. And if you're going to have guns in the home and you're all going to carry, I understand that you would just always have that dirty, hairy, uh, great big revolver in mind. But that might not be the best gun for your teenage daughter. Now, there are exceptions because I've known some teenagers who just rock that gun. And if so, more power to all of you. And maybe you want to standardize on large revolvers, but you'd be the exception. So if you're, if you're thinking about how your family will defend itself, then maybe you go, you know, I really like this flavor, but my wife and daughter and son like this. So would you be willing to compromise? Not necessarily on the same gun, right? but on the same style. Can you, for example, can you trade magazines back and forth? Yeah, you can if you if you think about it. Um, not just ammunition, but magazines. But in the, and the great news is we are living in the golden age of firearms. There really is one for daddy bear, mama bear, and baby bear, where you go. You know this. I'm trying to carry it. It feels too big. I'm trying to carry it. It feels too small. I can't even get my hands on it. There's one for everybody. That'd be a tough, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I understand exactly, I, I'm, I've got these scenarios playing in my head where this would play out. Wouldn't it, uh, if you had the means to do so, wouldn't, would it behoove you to maybe buy two guns? Uh, I, I, I think that's a bare minimum. Those are, those are rookie numbers. Bill, what do you think? Well, I'm just thinking that if I, you know, so like um, with the P320, which I don't own one and I don't intend to own another one until they address certain issues. But one thing that they do is uh, the lower grip module, they have a narrow one and they have a standard one. They have a narrow one for smaller hands. So if you you had a gun, if you were going to go with a gun, maybe, and, and this is where it gets sort of dicey because like, The Glock system, for example, one of the things the Glock system does so well is that a 9mm magazine that works in a Glock 34 is going to work in a Glock 26, as long as you're in the wide body setup of Glocks. Now, they got the 43, the 48, 43X. Uh, They are more narrow, and so they won't take those magazines that are happening. But I'm just, you know, I would think that the perfect... Tandem would be at a bare minimum a Glock 17 and a Glock 19. For example, exa- uh, perfect. And now those those in some sense will take the same magazine, not really because the 
Seventeen's uh, magazine is longer, right? But they've they've now there's now the hybrid where oh, it's a fifteen uh, grit. It's the, the Glock forty five grip or stock section. Yeah, yeah the Glock forty five. Uh, so now, okay, let's let's talk to the beginners or what the experienced guys are now shouting at the at the radio or their earphones, going, "But you didn't mention oh." We can stack ammunition in different configurations. In some cases, the cartridges are double wide, and in some cases, they're just in a single stack. Right. By the way, there's like stack and a half in there too, but let's ignore that for now. So when you grab the firearm, oh, this feels okay, but it feels unusually wide, or, oh, it's narrow, I think I could carry. Again, there's so much to here. You have to go grab the gun to find out. Don't take anybody's word for it. Go put your hands on it. And you must shoot it. When we were shopping, um, again, my wife, here's, here's what a lot of people do who are new to guns. The smaller gun looks less intimidating. I think I'd like that one. What they forget is that that smaller gun is going to absorb, given the same cartridge, the same recoil, as a larger firearm, therefore the small one will be snappier in their hand and right. harder to control. Right. So when you let them shoot it, they want the Glock 17, if not a great big target model that's got a nine inch barrel. And then when they go, I want to conceal it, even if I'm carrying it around the property, all of a sudden they go, man, unless I'm going to change my clothes and how I dress a little bit, Am I just going to put that pocket gun in the pocket of my pants? And by the way, and nobody tells them this. We now do concealed carry fashion shows. You can get yoga pants with holsters built in them. So there's so much you really have to learn before you can decide how I'm going to carry. Yeah. Although I do. You and I. You and I are not really influenced by the yoga pants, other than we like to look at them, but not, no. Yeah. Uh, women have so many more different ways to carry a gun. It's not fair. <laughs> um, I knew a guy who goes, he, he had a, a sticky holster in his briefcase because it was a non-permissive environment. Right. And it was had its own little compartment. It looked like a little uh, daytimer. Uh, you know, the leather portfolio things where you'd, oh, sure. it's my calendar, it's yeah. my it's my spare phone, it's actually, it's a <laughs> it's subcompact. Um, because dress shirt tucked inside, nope, it didn't, didn't have a jacket or was in a situation where you might have to take it off. So, yeah, what fits me and my situation might be nothing like yours. So, you're going to go shoot it, you're going to see how it fits, you're going to there, there are some, uh, and I, I have to credit Walter for this, to make a small firearm shoot well, the springs need to be very stiff sometimes. Yeah. And that can make it hard for beginners to rack the slide. I guarantee you have the strength, but it is intimidating at first. And Walter put in kind of a, a dampener system so they didn't have to use quite as stiff a spring. Hang on for me, if you will. We'll be right back. Sure. This is Lock and Load. 
over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confidence that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis-quality built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting.
and welcome back. This is Lock and Load, and I am talking to writer and podcaster Rob Morse. We're talking about buying a gun and the certain things that you can look for in certain guns. And you uh, were saying, Bill, we, yeah. I want to interrupt and tell people where to find me. Absolutely, please do. I host the Self Defense Gun Stories podcast. I'm a co-host on the Polite Society podcast. My blog is at slowfacts.wordpress.com. My writing is picked up at Ammoland, where I write the Armed Citizens column, and at Opslands, where some of my more political gun columns appear. Thank you, Bill. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. It, it, now, this is where a clued-in gun store employee is invaluable. On the other hand, sometimes you're, you, you're not lucky, and it is a matter of luck. You get the guy, the woman comes in, and she goes, I'd like a gun. and goes, don't worry, little lady, you should shoot a detective special revolver. But, by the way, and, and that's that's a mockery of the 1960s. Um, I've had people take a revolver, and, uh, oh, Bill McCormick, who now runs uh, Firearms School of Seattle, goes, I took a firearms class, and I never realized how weak my index finger is. By the way, she is a wonderful shooter on a round, uh, 45. That's what she carries. Right. But she sat there and just starts going, click, 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 advance. And she goes, wow, after 15, 20 shots, my finger's worn out. I had to rest because, okay, in some revolvers, you're talking about taking about a gallon. Imagine something that weighs about a gallon and a half of milk, okay? And now lift it up and down an inch and a quarter. Do that 20 times. Okay, try to do that without changing how you're gripping with the rest of your hand because in a firearm, as, you, as we change our grip when we move our trigger finger, we're going to move the sights. So it's not difficult, but it takes some attention. And people well-meaning will, will, will recommend a revolver. It doesn't have safeties. It's, it is effectively a pretty simple manual of arms, but... It's not the, necessarily the easiest firearm to shoot. On the other hand, I've seen people start, and I don't—I forget who it was. Do you remember those twenty-two target revolvers? They actually had a safety on the side. It would put in a transfer bar, and you could dry fire it completely, but it wouldn't shoot. Do you remember those? I vaguely. Yeah. Um, it, women's Day at the range. Somebody brought one, and I thought, what a good idea. Here, we'll, we'll let somebody shoot. I know the cylinder's full. Keep shooting until you, okay, does it feel comfortable? And and you, it's not an 11-pound trigger pull. It's a much more manual four or five. And then we just turned off the, the safety, and it felt exactly the same, and they were going to work. Uh, so yeah, now there's one. It, it, when someone says, I want to get a gun, I want to teach my granddaughter to shoot, you know, the lever action, uh, the pistol caliber carbine, even that's probably too much. We're talking about a cricket, ri cricket rifle. The wonderful thing is manufacturers have made a firearm to fill pretty much every available niche. There's there's one I didn't even know about until a couple of years ago. You've, and I haven't had a chance to shoot these yet. These mini shot shells, Bill? What yeah. You know, they, what uh, the standard might be two and a half, and they're two and three quarter. Magnum loads are three. And by the way, one shotgun can handle different lengths but 
I think they can modify them. And the shotgun shell is like inch and a half long. So now your magazine holds, instead of holding five, it holds 10. You're not going to go hunt birds with it, but you're definitely going to change someone's mind inside your house. And I thought that was a brilliant solution to optimizing a smoothbore shotgun for home defense. Yeah. I, I looked at one the other day that I thought would be ideal for it. I just, ha- I haven't figured out what I'm going to do. I haven't figured. Have you ever seen one of those double barreled uh, stagecoach shotguns? Yes. They look like they'd be really maneuverable around the house. They are. Have you, have you, have you now, tried to set one up that way? Uh, I haven't. In fact, one of the first, shotguns I ever fired was that uh, coach gun. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you remember, you get two shots and you're done. Right. Um, and for shooting sporting clays, that, but if I didn't, typically they'll, the most clays they'll throw you are two, so that worked out. Um, it's a, the good news is if you have some athleticism and you are used to Pointing, you don't use the sights. You're you're using instinctive shooting, and then you went, oh, I have to lead the target just as if I were leading somebody running on a ball field, and I'm going to put the ball where they're going to be, do that with a shotgun, hit the clay. It's great, but it depends on what you're bringing to the sport. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, there were, there, there, we, we talked about the armed defender who – a few weeks ago stopped. There were actually five armed robbers. Four of them were in the uh, uh, gas station convenience store at the same time. And he, all four in there masked armed. They're robbing the uh, clerk. They're robbing all the customers. We can't get the video. And I think the reason is because some of the robbers were under 18 and, Oh, you wouldn't want to mar anyway. Okay, the police won't let us see it. And he outshot the four guys, wounded three of them. So here's here's the issue I have. I can easily imagine where I'm over at the uh, getting a soft drink at the cooler that's way at the edge of the store, and these four guys are in there. They're all lined up. They're robbing the people at the counter, they're robbing the clerk behind the counter. Maybe they're even robbing another customer or other customers that aren't standing right there. If they're lined up in a, in a line and I move over so that I can only see one of them, that means only one of them can shoot at me at a time. So there's, if you want to defend yourself, the gun is part of it. Touching the gun enough so that you know what you can do is great. And Taking a couple of classes and walking through what self-defense looks like is invaluable because I suspect this defender was handed a golden opportunity and he went, ooh, I recognize what to do now. And he went to work. I like it. You know, I you know, some of these things, some of these things is just very hard to uh, – Every time you tell one of these stories, I try to superimpose myself in that. And I try right. to think to myself, would I 
be that good at it? Would I be that? Would I have that presence of mind? And that's the thing. It's all about the presence of mind sometimes. And I, I wonder about that. Well, now here's here's where. No, okay, I'm going to give you credit. You report. I've I've listened to you millions millions of times. Don't exaggerate. Thousands of times, and you talk about these stories. I can hear the theater of the mind, and you see it unfold. Here's what's true about armed defense. We have to recognize a solution where we know what to do because we will not have time to think about it. I hear breaking glass in my home. I recognize what to do because that's been part of my safety plan with my family. Because literally rubbing two brain cells together and thinking about what to do, not happening at one in the morning. Just sorry. Tell you what, hold it right there, if you will. If you want to tell everybody how sure. to find you right quick before we before we head into this. Our, this <laughs> if you want to do that again real quick? I host the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. It's 20 minutes. Snack food of a podcast. I'm a co-host on the Polite Society podcast. We have guests. We run an hour and a half. My blog is at slowfactstarwordpress.com. 2,100 articles. And then my recent stuff is carried at Amoland and Opslands. And he goes diving a lot. I'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Talking to writer and podcaster Rob Morse, and uh, well, where, how do we want to leave this off? We've been talking about buying guns and people using them. Where, where, where would you like to go now? Well, uh, we could slide into politics, okay? And you, you and I talk about this all the time. Oh, a Democrat politician proposes a gun ban, and there's a rush to buy guns at the gun store. Sure. Um, after. The U.S. Supreme Court said individuals have the right to keep and bear arms. That means for self-defense. That means in public. And you may ask them questions like, do you have a criminal record? And if, and if the answer is no, then you're ob- the state is obligated to give you a license. Some states, Illinois, New York, uh, many anti-gun states actually, um, then posed a bunch of laws, passed a bunch of laws, to restrict that right. They said, okay, we may have to give you a permit to carry, but we're going to make it impossible for you to do so. And then there, uh, everything then became, quote, an assault weapon, and my, any semi-automatic weapon in some cases. There was a U.S. District Judge, Stephen McGlynn. I read his decision when I was uh, in the airport. And he was so clear. Now, he hasn't decided on the case. He's decided on what's called a preliminary injunction. A preliminary injunction says, you know, this law, what the the plaintiffs say, this law infringes their rights. The state says, 
No, it doesn't. We're trying to solve a problem. Okay. Who is more likely to be right? Who will have, who will suffer irreparable harm? And if they're going to suffer that harm, uh, could we just make it right with money in the end? And he goes, no, no, this is people's safety. This is people's lives. And he said he issued a preliminary injunction which says that law cannot be enforced. The technical word is enjoined on the entire state of Illinois. Now there's a problem because he's in the southern federal district of Illinois. There was a judge in the northern district who said, oh, that law is fine. So I predict the state will appeal it. But for now, that law is enjoined. And a bunch of people who went, you know, I should get a gun. The, the, I was reading that the gun stores have lines out the door in Illinois. Really? Yeah. What I like. Uh, no. You want me to send you the link? No, no, no. Uh, uh, so yeah. This is the thing. The thing you started out with whenever they do that, then, they, then they, there's, a, there's a spate of gun buying when that happens. Now, right. you know, what do you think about panic buying? This, I refer to that as panic buying. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's well, the exact opposite of what they're trying to spur on, right? Right. But then I go back, right. you know, during the during the run-up to the 2016 election, there was a bunch of panic buying going on because everybody was just so sure that Donald Trump was going to lose to Hillary Clinton, and then she was going to ban AR-15s, and then I don't know what people thought they were going to do with the ones that they were buying, but, I mean, at that particular moment... You could go to Academy Sports and buy an entry-level $400 AR and sell it online for $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't, um, we, why, I, are, why aren't we buying what we want and not in a panic? Now, yeah. Right. That's my question. Well, And and uh, millions of us are. What, what was it? Gosh, I hate to. I, uh, it's fuzzy here. I remember that there were, uh, I think in the last three years, about 5 million new gun owners. Wow. No, no previous firearms ownership. Right. Um, but a lot of people are on the fence. They're going, yeah, I should get a gun. All right. When will I do it? Ah, I've got other things that seem more important. What? 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 You, you say I can't go get a gun anymore? Well, I want to go get one now before that happens to me. Um, the same issue with, what is it? Bread, bread and toilet paper just before it snows, right? Yeah. Okay. Red eggs, uh, milk. I don't I, know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody's making a lot of French toast. Um, it, it, that's just human nature. Right. What I'm, what I'm pleased to see is, and this, this, this is, touches me, my heart on so many levels. We've not only seen more people go, wow, the, our politics is messed up right now and we've, disarmed many of the police. We've told them not to respond in many situations. We've defunded them in many cases, and I'm on my own. Wow, I need to protect myself. People went to get training. They did more than get a shotgun and a box of shells and put it under the bed and pretend that that was enough to defend them and their family. So, wow, in so many states... Where we used to require a license to own a firearm, it's now constitutional carry. Uh, by the way, didn't North Carolina just become that? They're voting on it. South Carolina yeah. held up. North Carolina. North Carolina will probably go, and then I don't know what South Carolina says, because then we're going to be bordered by 
nothing but constitutional carry states. Right. The people go, oh, I don't need a permit to carry anymore, or, uh, but I do need training. Because, it, it, by the way, how many of you have seen this? And, and this, is, this is a rite of passage of, as, as a dad. Hi, daughter. You and I are going to change a tire that's not flat yet. Because if this happens to you, you need to be able to do this. Um, do it to the sons too, but it's not quite the same issue. Right. And you need the training before you need to exercise the skills. And what's so funny is people come back and go, you know, there was a time I was worried about concealed carrying. I go, of course, of course, because you haven't done it before. There's so many new experiences in life. Until you have the experience, you don't know what you don't know. And in, in some sense, I would ask new gun owners, new gun own, new gun shoppers, be easy on yourself. This is your first gun, not necessarily your last gun. Don't fall in love with it. And also, if you go to the store, try enough different things so you go, wow, there is a place for that revolver. There is a place for that subcompact. You know, the standard size gun really shoots well. And you'll, you'll, you'll develop that, those conversational skills to recognize different situations. Which firearm fits you where? Indeed. Indeed. Let's see. We, I, I, I know. I figured that so, out this past weekend, by the way. What? Tell me. So, um, I took out now. Now, one thing to understand is that uh, there's a couple of more little hiccups I've got to get in place. I've decided to stop carrying guns that I haven't shot, even though I'm almost certain they're going to be good to go. So I've had like three guns here that I had not shot yet till this past weekend. One of them I set up to be the carry gun, the Walther PDP. Right. Now, I also shot an FM 509 and a CZP07. And there's still a little bit of a learning curve on the Walther PDP. But I have this sense that if I can just figure out one thing about it, because the grip is completely different, the grip on the PDP. Have you ever gripped one? I've not. It will throw you because it's so good, right? And (laughs) I was watching as I was shooting the gun, and I know that it's a lightweight pistol. It's very carry-friendly as far as that goes. It looks top-heavy as I'll get out, but it's very carry-friendly. And as I was shooting, I was realizing that my grip was coming a little loose because I watched it in slow motion. So I've got to take it back out and practice, and I've got to zero the optic. And once I've done right. those two things, I think it'll be a fine gun. The other two guns surprised me, though, because the FN 509 is just as steady a performer as you'd ever want. And the CZP07, once you get it into single action, it's just nothing but captain accuracy. But, uh, yeah, carry guns, are it, it's an easy thing now. It, it really just comes down to what do you prefer because most, most of them that are being offered are actually very good choices. But before we run out of time, tell everybody how to find you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Bill. I host the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. I'm a co-host on the Polite Society podcast. Both come out once a week. My blog is at slowfacts.wordpress.com. Hopefully I get a couple articles up there a week. Mm. My writing is then picked up. It's carried at Ammoland for the gun stuff. And for the guns and politics, that's now carried at OpsLens. I'm going to have to go check them out, OpsLens. 
We're gonna Dan Wass writes there as well. Okay. Um, the good gun, bad guy. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm glad you're back from Cozumel. It's always, always a pleasure to have you on and to have these conversations. And coming up next, as we do, it's going to be uh, Dan Zimmerman, the editor-in-chief from the truthaboutguns.com. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.